Hebrews chapter 12, beginning with uh, verse 3. Hear the word of God. Consider Jesus, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, but it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. And later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather healed. Strive for peace with everyone, for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. And no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness, gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words may the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them, for they cannot endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festival gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. At that time his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised yet once more, and I will shake not only the earth but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. Those things that have been made, in order that things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. The word of the Lord to us from Hebrews. It is a struggle uh, to believe 
uh, struggle to believe the gospel, to believe Christ, to trust and rely on him and what his word tells us for how we should be living. It's a struggle uh, to believe and to, to keep on believing. And it's difficult. There's so many, uh, so many oppositions, so many challenges, both within your own heart and from, from other people around you as they, uh, they know something of your faith. Or as they don't, and the, and the challenges that you hear uh, to to whether or not to whether or not it's real, to whether or not it's believable, whether or not it's livable, uh, then it's easy for us to to grow tired. Um, to grow tired of dealing with it, tired of struggling, tired of putting out the the effort. To become a weary. Uh, you can relate to. Can relate to, to growing weary, right? To so growing a little bit tired at the end of the semester. Now, I think most of the conversations that I have with folks, you know, right now, it's like, oh yeah, it's just just a few weeks, yeah, a few weeks more to the semester, but there's still way too much work, and it's light outside for a long time, and the weather's good, but there's still all these papers and, and tests and projects that you gotta uh, that you gotta do. Um, but at this time when when you start to grow weary, I was, uh, ran into Nate in the library. We were, we were talking about just the way that you uh, we even like make excuses in our minds. You know, we know what we've got to do, and it's like you're still going. But really, I deserve to go ahead and have a break now because I've worked hard on these earlier things, and I know that these people are out in the green right now, and there's you know all these things that we could do. Um, that that we're we're weary. We want a break. We want a chance to to stop. Some of you are weary of a lot more than uh, than schoolwork. Maybe that seems uh, petty to you. The other things that are that are going on, um, conflicts and relationships, uh, but you're just waiting for them to be to be over, or some way to to move past it, or family problems that have worn you down uh, for years, um, relationships worn out from maybe from your from your own addictions or your own uh, uh, cravings and the things that you long for, whether that's other people's approval, or that's the next high, or that's uh, porn, or body image stuff, but, but our desires, and then just, just seeing our own guilt, seeing our sin from it. Tired of not having things the way that you want it, and, and having to still, still deal with it, having to still deal with the mess. It's easy to grow tired, to grow uh, weary. Uh, I think we, we grow weary in the Christian life. We go spiritually uh, tired. It's, it's difficult to believe uh, the gospel when, it can, when living out the faith means it can zap so much of your energy. Um, when, when struggling to understand how everything fits and what, what God's leading you to do and what Scripture says or, or realizing your guilt in relation to that or relying on Christ feels like it just it, it takes a lot of your your energy and your soul. Uh, it can be difficult to want to believe when you see other Christians who are, who are worn down, who are, who are worn out. Uh, you've, and maybe you feel it's easier to grow tired, weary of it. You've been, you've been saying no to the same temptation uh, time after time after time, and oh, it would be a lot easier to just go out and say yes this time. It is kind of appealing anyway. Um, it's hard to keep saying no, or maybe on the other side you've you've given it that temptation uh, too often, uh, and now it's it feels a lot easier to stop coming back to God and admitting that you're wrong and admitting that you've done wrong again. It feels a lot easier to stop trying uh, to avoid it. Or you've got too many objections, too many unanswered uh, questions, and it's easier to to stop asking, to stop looking. 
Um, if you see anything from the passage, it certainly recognizes that struggle, uh, the struggle to keep on believing. It's speaking to us uh, in that. It says, in your struggle against sin, he's saying, you're not yet resist, resisted to the point of, uh, of, of shedding your blood. But it's encouraging us uh, in that as, we're, as we have a tendency to get tired and to get worn down and to get weary. What does it say to, him, to us? Uh, it speaks of that in verse 12, uh, in verse 5, and in verse 3. Um, but it tells us to, to look to Jesus that we would not be uh, worn down, that we would not uh, give up. Right? It's like saying, you know, you say to one another, like, I know, it's, I know there's all this, all this work to have to do, but it's, it's the end of the semester, but it's also the end of the semester. And if you, if you get through this, you can, you can make it. It's not too much further. You, you've got to keep you know, putting that output. If getting those papers done, this maybe is the last paper that you're going to have to uh, turn in. Or, um, or you know, if you're running, if you get to the end of the run, you can see the finish line there. Um, you, you get a little bit of extra energy. You can, you can press through uh, to the end of it. Um, overall, the help, the help that we need as we tend to grow uh, tired uh, we're told about in the first verse, in verse, uh, in verse 3, the first verse we read, to lift your eyes to Jesus, to consider him so that you don't grow weary. And he goes on to fill out what that encouragement looks like for us. Um, but what's wearing you down? Uh, what's, what is it that for you is wearing you down uh, spiritually? What, what makes you want to give up? Or, or give in? Uh, what feels so taxing to you that it would be a lot easier to just uh, run away or ignore it or go on to the next thing? Where's your faith weak? On the other hand, uh, what energizes you? Uh, what feels like it, it strengthens you, uh, gives you strength and desire to keep going? What, uh, uh, what encourages you? What helps you to face the difficult realities that are still part of our experience? And the passage is speaking to us uh, in that struggle to keep going, uh, to encourage us again uh, to look to Jesus, to lift our eyes to Jesus and consider him uh, so that you don't grow weary and give up. So we've got two parts of it. The first of it is, uh, is not to grow weary as we're, as we're looking to Christ because you're experiencing God's love, because in Christ you are experiencing God's love uh, always. Uh, I, I recognize it doesn't always feel that way. Um, maybe right now it doesn't, uh, doesn't feel that way. The passage is helping us learn uh, to recognize it. Um, calling us to look to Jesus. So, so here's a question for you. Um, does God love Jesus? Do you think, you think God loves Jesus? Because um, Jesus went through a lot of hard things. Uh, we go through hard things and we feel like there's no way God loves me. God's not taking care of me in any of this. Um, but clearly, God loves Jesus. The voice from heaven, right? My beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Uh, the Son I love that I'm proud of, uh, he's saying. But was it, was it easy for Jesus? Not, uh, not really. Um, you know, the sweating drops of uh, blood uh, in prayer before his uh, betrayal and crucifixion and agony. As the passage puts it, that he uh, endured from sinners such hostility against himself. Um, I mean, how much of a toll does it take on you just when you feel like there's people that you know that don't like you? Or when you know that they don't like you? Um, when people hate you? Um, for Jesus, that hatred and, and opposition to him, uh, bringing him uh, to be betrayed, turned over, uh, mocked, uh, condemned, 
unjustly, admittedly unjustly, and, and still condemned uh, and handed over to be nailed to the cross, uh, to be condemned, um, to be shamed, to be punished by God. And yet, uh, we see God's love and the resurrection exalting him, uh, seating him on the, on the very throne of God. Yes, uh, God loves uh, Jesus, though the, what he experienced in this life was, was a painful struggle. It's also painful for, for us as we live, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. We've, we've had to, uh, to struggle. Um, we haven't had to, to struggle to the point that, that Christ has, right? You haven't had to uh, struggle, as the passage puts it, uh, you haven't resisted uh, to the point of shedding your blood yet, right? That should be an encouragement to you. You haven't had to die for this uh, yet. Um, and there was, there was more persecution uh, coming to the church. Um, uh, but even, even were we to face death uh, in Christ, there's no more punishment from God uh, for us. No more uh, rejection, right? Romans, Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Christ uh, struggled, but in his uh, struggle was also a, a, a struggle of freeing us from uh, God's punishment. There's no more uh, hatred from God uh, as, we are, as we come to him in Christ. So, so look to Jesus. Consider him, what he, what he suffered, so that you would not grow uh, weary and give up. So you see God's uh, love uh, for us in Christ. Uh, I love the way the passage emphasizes that God's treating you as sons. Uh, male and female, uh, God is treating you as sons. And in that society at that time, those who have uh, the most privilege in that family, um, God is treating you as sons. In Christ, you are God's sons that he loves, that he's proud of, uh, that he delights in, that he is watching over and caring for in everything uh, that you're doing. And so much of our struggle and our pain and everything that we're going through is still actually an experience of God's love. That's what the passage is saying. It's painful what you're going through. It's a struggle. It's hard to keep on believing. But do you realize that God's treating you as sons, that, that you're experiencing his love as you go through all these things? It's for discipline, verse 7, that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. Verse 6, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves. Now, I think sometimes I read that and like, I kind of, kind of wish he wouldn't right now. Um, couldn't it? And it go a little easier. Couldn't it be uh, different? I feel like I wish he wouldn't. I don't think we really do wish that. I mean, I, I know what we mean. I, I think we feel that way sometimes. But that's, that's not what we want. We don't. Do you want God to ignore you? To leave you alone? Uh, leave you alone in your sin? To not care for you? To change? or to grow, or to develop in who he's uh, made you to be, for him not to delight in you. Um, we don't want God n- not, to, not to discipline us any more than we want parents to let you do whatever you want, because they really don't care, or really not have to uh, be there at all. Um, it's kids who are, who are acting out, right, to get attention somehow. Um, we, we, would, we would like for things to be easier. We can all say that. We would like for things to be easier. But you're experiencing God's love and training you and developing you as his sons that he delights in. Uh, listen, uh, you have a God who's lovingly and actively involved in your life uh, to develop you to maturity, to your full potential because he delights in you, because he won't let you go. 
Discipline here is not the same as, as punishment, or you can at least distinguish how you talk about it, whatever terms you want to do. We'd say Christ has taken the punishment for what our sins deserve. For those who trust in him, Christ has taken on the, the guilt of it, uh, the God's anger for it, uh, and, and the punishment that it deserves. So in Christ, God's, God's no longer mad at you. God no longer has anything against you. He has love and, pri- and pride uh, in you and delight uh, in you. I think sometimes we still feel like God's mad at us. We, we know the ways where we've uh, done wrong. But as we come in Christ, his, his love is never eclipsed by his discipline. Uh, the pastor is saying we, we feel the difficult things and we feel like, where's God in this? Um, God is, is using this to, to develop you, to mature you, uh, to show you his love. Um, it, it, it's hard for us to see it, much like it's hard for a child to feel loved by the person who's telling them no. Um, but the reason children are told no a lot of times is because of parents who, who love them, who don't want them to put their finger in the electric uh, socket or, or whatever. But it's hard, it's hard to believe that someone loves you and they're telling you you can't have what you want. You can't have your life the way you want. You can't have things go the way that you, that you hoped that they would go, that you've been planning that they were going to go, and now it just feels all messed up. God is treating you as sons, uh, loving you. Discipline in you. Uh, discipline has the purpose of developing uh, to produce uh, maturity, right? Most of us admit that there's there's still a lot of things about it that uh, um, maybe not need to change, but you know that you can you can use a little bit of improvement, a little bit of you know, strengthening our, our strengths and. Um, all this kind of thing, whether it's study habits or, or pride or, or selfishness um, or the way we talk about things or the things that we want and that we long for. Um, right, but it's, it's hard to make those changes. We can admit those things that we'd love uh, to, to improve, but, but to make those changes is, is painful. Um, there's reasons we don't already live that way because we, we like what we do do. Um, uh, it's painfully hard. I don't want to hear no. Um, I don't want to give up things that I like. I like those things. I don't want to work hard. Uh, rebukes are, are difficult. Um, like spankings are difficult. Or timeouts or losing your toys or, or whatever. Um, but it's to produce maturity. Um, discipline is also, even just outside that context, I think we think of it quickly in terms of uh, you know, spankings or timeouts or that type of, a- of aspect of discipline that's certainly in view uh, in Proverbs in this passage, but it's also broader than that. It, it's, the word as it's used here is um, it's training. Uh, you could translate that way, or instruction. It's not always a result of some wrong that you do. A lot of, a lot of your experience in life and the things that are hard, some of them are very much your fault. Some of them have nothing to do with you totally outside of your control. Some of the fault of other people and some you can't even trace back why it all got messed up the way that it is. Um, but there it is. And God's a God who's using that, who's in control over all that and knows how to use it uh, for, our, uh, for our benefit. It's, uh, that kind of dip- discipline is also meaning a building of, of maturity and character. God can take everything in your life and use it to bring you out to greater maturity, the way the passage talks about it. Uh, and he's doing this because he loves you. Um, that you're going through the things, that, that as you're going through the things that you have to go through, uh, you're experiencing God's love. 
Um, not always the way that you want it to be. Not always uh, easy and just, just encouraging. But Him delighting you and building you into, uh, into conforming with the image of Christ, into sharing uh, in His holiness, as the passage uh, puts it. If we can, if we can respect a father uh, who's disciplined us, or, or, uh, or if we can respect a coach who's pushed us, Who's, who's trained us, who's told us things we need to do, the things we need to stop doing, who's made us run laps. Uh, how much more uh, can we receive uh, God's uh, love in this? We only had to deal with those fathers or those coaches or, or whatever you think of in that mindset. We only had to deal with them for a little bit. Uh, and they trained us according to, um, usually there's somewhat flawed perspective uh, in things. Some of it good, some of it not so good. And, and sometimes their reasons for doing it um, weren't even for your own benefit. Many times maybe they were, but... Many times there's not. But God uses the struggles of our life uh, to train us, to train us always, uh, always for our good. Christ, in verse 9, we've had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the, spirit, the Father of spirits and live? That's what he's producing in us. He's disciplined us in a short time. How? It seemed best to them. But he disciplines us uh, for our good always for our good, that we may share uh, in his holiness, right? Um, God uses the struggles in life to train us. This is Romans 8.28. You, know, you, can, you can start quoting this one if you get tired of quoting Romans 8.28, that, uh, that God works all things uh, for those who are called according to his purpose. He works all things for good uh, for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, here as well, uh, it's being said that God's disciplining us uh, for our good. Everything that we're going through in life God's using to develop your maturity uh, in Christ. Now, the process isn't, isn't enjoyable all the time, right? Maybe if you've been on any kind of sports or athletic team and had to do that kind of training, a lot of, a lot of what you had to do then wasn't, wasn't like necessarily enjoyable or fun. Let's go, you know, run more laps or, or do these drills. Um, uh, the passage isn't saying it's not a struggle. Um, it's, it's admitting uh, that it's a struggle, uh, for the moment, all discipline seems painful. It doesn't seem pleasant. It seems, it seems painful. Um, but it produces uh, later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it, or, or God's discipline does. It's the process of God's love uh, producing good in you. I know there's lots of things that you're, that you're dealing with, big, small, and a lot of different ways that you look at it. Uh, but this passage is helping you to also look at it this way, um, that, uh, that, that, this is, that what you're going through is also the process of God's love producing good in you. Um, and all kind of bad things happen still under God's providence. It's a process that he's, in his love, uh, producing good in you. Um, the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. We should... We should, as we experience it, and in the struggle, still aim to be corrected, to be healed the way the uh, passage talks about it in verse uh, 12, um, to, uh, to be developed, to be matured uh, through it. To even in the struggle, uh, recognize God's love. Recognize what he's doing that's superintending everything else that may be, uh, may be against us or may be harder. Uh, but still, it's an experience of God's love. But as he loved Jesus... Leading Jesus through many uh, difficulties. Uh, so as we go through the struggle, how uh, we receive God's love, though, though we receive it with no longer any, any condemnation or punishment because Christ has, has taken it all. We're receiving only the love 
uh, and the pride and his joy and delight in us. And as Christ uh, is now having endured the struggle, uh, raised from the dead and exalted uh, in God's kingdom, so we also are receiving a kingdom. Uh, the first part of first point is to talk about uh, that we uh, we don't that we can uh, look into Jesus not growing weary uh, because we're experiencing God's love, but also as we feel all those intense uh, those leanings toward growing tired and giving up, <coughs> realize that you're looking to Jesus because you're receiving God's kingdom. Right, uh, verse verse twenty eight from it. Um, <coughs> Therefore, let us be grateful. Uh, for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship uh, with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Um, right, when things are, when things are painfully hard uh, and difficult, and you really would like to give up, when you're worn down, it's, it's really helpful to be able to hear something more than just is good for your character. Right, you're like, that's great. I'm building so much character right now. But can, can there be something more to it? <clears throat> tell me it's worth something. Uh, tell me there's a reward. Tell me there's a, there's a benefit involved for it. Um, right? Running is running good exercise. Um, but, it's, but it's much easier to run when there's something more to it than just I'm getting fit. And you like run and then afterwards you say, what do you have from that? I have the fact that I ran. <laughs> but I went this distance. But, but that's why a lot of times you'll have races with prizes and the competition and the different you know, levels of it or uh, all that. And, or, or just the fact of, like, that you, you run to somewhere and then you, you arrive there and you can say, look, I've, I've reached somewhere different than where I was. Uh, but we want to know that there's some reward. <laughs> that's the basics of it, right? That's, that's what we want to be able to experience now and say, here's what I'm going through. Tell me this is leading somewhere. Uh, tell me this is leading somewhere that's, that's different and somewhere that's better. Uh, it's leading uh, to an entrance into uh, God's kingdom, to us receiving it, uh, spiritually that we've received it uh, now in Christ and have that experience of it, but then that we're waiting for the day of the Lord when Christ returns. And to say that we've gone through it all to enter this, uh, to receive this of God's unshakable kingdom. Um, there's a reward. We get to come into God's kingdom. There's a, there's a reason that we're going through it because he's shaping us now to be part of his kingdom, uh, to share in his holiness, to, to he's developing in us that holiness without which no one will see the Lord uh, because Christ develops that in those that he brings into uh, his kingdom. But all from God's love to have us uh, in, in his presence uh, and even not only in it, uh, but to receive it, to be ruling in it uh, with, with Christ is how Scripture talks about it. So again, to, to look to Jesus, uh, that you not grow weary and give up, because Jesus endured the struggle, um, perfecting us. And Jesus is seated already at the right hand of the throne of God. We can see that for, for him, uh, he's, he's gone through it and he's made it somewhere. Um, he's seated on the throne of God, and he's secured our way into God's presence, our place uh, in God's kingdom, uh, a rule uh, for us and, and, and us ruling with him, Scripture mentions. Uh, we receive the kingdom where Jesus is our mediator, uh, where Jesus is our high priest 
uh, interceding for us to make sure that we are uh, accepted, that Jesus is our mediator, developing a new relationship for us with God, right? If you go uh, back in Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 8, talking about that new covenant with God where there's, where there's forgiveness, where there's no more remembrance of sin, where there's no longer any offering of sin that needs to be required because Christ has already done it all and we are presented before God as, as perfected in Christ. It's acceptable in his sight. Uh, that we can come boldly into the throne room uh, when, we're, when we're weak, when we need mercy, when we need grace, when we need forgiveness, that we can come boldly in time of need and receive help uh, in our weakness. Because Christ is our mediator. Because um, <clears throat> he is the king in that kingdom that we uh, receive. Uh, as the passage speaks of it, we've come to this place, uh, this kingdom uh, where we're Many things are. We'll go into where, where Christ is, a Christ whose uh, who's, uh, blood, whose sprinkled blood speaks a better word than the blood of, than the blood of Abel, right? You go back to, he's already mentioned it um, in chapter 4, and you go back to Genesis 4. What is, what is Abel's blood? It says, you know, Genesis says that, it, that God coming to Cain says, Abel's blood calls out to me from the ground. What's it calling out for? Abel's blood, having been murdered unjustly by his brother, is calling out uh, for justice. It's calling out uh, for vengeance, for, for penalty that's deserved. Um, what's the blood of Christ I uh, call out? The, the blood of Christ I uh, sprinkled over us I uh, calls out to God in the same way, but with a different word, with a different result. It calls out for forgiveness. It calls out for acceptance. It calls out for God's love and delight on us because we are sprinkled in Christ's blood. Um, he has made us acceptable uh, to God. The passage goes through a, a contrast of, between uh, Mount Sinai on the one hand and Mount uh, Zion on the other. That you haven't come to what may be uh, touched of, of Mount Sinai, uh, but, to, but to Mount Zion, uh, the true uh, heavenly uh, city, heavenly Jerusalem. Um, Sinai, where God appeared to his people uh, to make his covenant with them, to give them uh, the law. And Zion is that heavenly reality of God's presence that we come to uh, in Christ. Uh, but if you ever go back and you get some of it in this passage, there's a few others. You go back and you read uh, uh, Exodus 19 and 20. You, know, you go back to where the Ten Commandments are, but you, you read the passages surrounding that. Um, it's scary. You read it and, and imagine what it would be like uh, to be there. Um, because it's scary. You're, you're there around the mountain and the, the pillar of cloud and, and a fire that's been God's presence is now up on the mountain uh, and there's thunder and there's lightning and there's a sound of, of trumpets uh, and the, the whole thing is shaking. And they're hearing the very voice of God like thunder coming from the mountain. Um, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes when I hear the Ten Commandments, it's a little bit, it's a little bit scary anyway. You're like, mm, right, well. <laughs> uh, especially when we understand some of Jesus' teachings of the Ten Commandments and how they apply to the heart. That you hear that and you hear the, you hear the guilt. You hear the, what you uh, deserve from the fact that you've, you've broken those. Um, you imagine standing around, uh, around the mountain where, there, where there's been a, 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 a place erected so that no one would go to the mountain, and if anyone touches even the base of the mountain, they'd be stoned, and you're hearing the voice of God in thunder and with lightning um, speaking the Ten Commandments, you shall have no other gods before me. Um, it mentions here, if you go back to uh, Exodus uh, 20, after the giving of the Ten Commandments, they're, they're begging Moses. Uh, we can't handle hearing this anymore. 
Uh, let God speak to us uh, through you and not that we would just hear uh, his voice in this way. We can't, we can't deal with it. It's, <coughs> it's a scary picture uh, that it talks about. <coughs> That's not what we've, what we've come to with all that uh, fear and terror. Uh, even Moses saying, I tremble with, tear, with fear. That's not how we've, we've come to God through that. We've come to God uh, through Christ. We've come uh, to Mount Zion. We've come to the city of the living God, the heavenly, uh, the heavenly Jerusalem, to innumerable angels and festival gathering in a celebration, uh, in a celebration around God's throne that we're that we're freely welcomed into, uh, the celebration of the of the church, the assembly of the firstborn, enrolled in heaven to God Himself, the, the Judge of all. There's still all the reasons uh, for fear there, but we come uh, sprinkled uh, with the blood of Christ. It's the spirits of the righteous made perfect are there. Uh, we come sprinkled uh, through the blood of Christ that calls out for forgiveness. That we come and saying, I want to join into the celebration. Um, I want to join into the celebration of all that God is that He's done for me in Christ. That we would praise Him and worship Him and give uh, give thanks for what He's done for us. And as we look uh, to Jesus, uh, we come to God in a place uh, where we uh, can rejoice, where we can be encouraged, where we can be uh, strengthened and built up when we're weary, that we can be reminded of God's love, that we can uh, uh, significantly hear the voice of Jesus' blood having sprinkled us, calling out forgiveness, acceptance, love, God's light uh, in us. Um, and and if, if they should have listened to God's voice uh, then, seeing it in an earthly way, uh, how much more God's speaking us the truth of his word uh, through, uh, through Christ should we listen to it? Uh, should we believe uh, what he promises and that he accepts us in Jesus that we would come uh, to him? And we get to... We get to come, but we get to receive that kingdom. Uh, the whole sphere of, of, of God's rule is what we're brought into, what we have a part in. We are, as I said before, the scripture is even uh, speaks of us as ruling uh, with Christ. Um, the kingdom's an, an unshakable, eternal kingdom. But this is what you're this is what you're putting up with everything uh, for. Not like for just so you can get this. But this, is, this is where God is leading you uh, through the way that he's maturing and developing you in Christ is, is for you to receive his uh, kingdom with Christ. The, the, the quote here, yet once more, and I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens, goes back uh, to the prophecy of, of Haggai. Uh, but it looks forward to, to the day of the Lord, the day of uh, Christ's return. The day that will show what's of lasting worth and what's temporary. There's a lot of things in our life that are, that are shakable, uh, that, are, that are earthly things that will be removed uh, by that shaking. And a lot of those things that we hold on to very strongly, uh, there's a lot of those things that are part of, the, part of the pursuit of what we feel like our life uh, is about, and what we feel like our lives uh, depend on it, um, to be, be encouraged um, don't grow weary and give up. Uh, you're receiving something that won't be removed. Um, something that's lasting, something that's internal, something that's unshakable. Um, that on that last day, what we've been uh, entering into all the time as we come into God's presence, as we come together to, to worship into that heavenly city, on, on that day, uh, we'll see it come down from heaven. Uh, the heavenly city uh, coming down that we're, that we're brought into. 
Um, the way Revelation describes it with the, all the, the foundations of it and uh, of different jewels and the, uh, the streets of gold and no uh, night there and no sea there, but, the, but God himself and the land being the glory and the light that is there constantly uh, for us in God's presence. Um, that's what we are looking forward to receiving, what God is bringing us through all this stuff to develop us for uh, where he will bring us into that. Um, he encouraged uh, the perfect city that holds everything um, where we can enjoy God's presence and love for eternity is what we're receiving. And rather than uh, wearing down and giving up, uh, we, have, we have reason for celebration. Um, we have reason uh, for thanksgiving and for worshiping of a glorious God. We want to give up when that's, when that's what's down the road for us. This is where we're bound. Uh, this is the promised land. But it's a, a struggle uh, to believe. It's a, it's a struggle to keep going. But you have reason to keep going. God provides all that you need even in the middle of the pain. Um, God provides all you need to bring, it, bring you through it uh, to that great celebration. Don't, don't grow weary. Don't give up. Uh, look to Jesus and continue in that struggle. As you, as you struggle in Christ, you are surrounded by God's love. Your experience, even of the pain of it, is part of what God's using uh, to, to show you his love as he develops you and disciplines you. And as you struggle, uh, as that discipline is hard, uh, it's worth it. It's worth it because you're being conformed uh, to the image of Christ and you're being uh, brought into his kingdom and receiving it. Um, you know, if, if you're deciding whether or not you believe in Christianity or whether or not you want to, how's this Christian life isn't easy. Um, maybe, you should, maybe you should think hard about it, right? A Christian life's not easy. It seems, seems painful rather than pleasant uh, at the time. And, of course, rejecting God doesn't make it any easier. Life is, life is hard. Um, the scripture is saying that there is there's meaning, uh, there is hope, uh, there is encouragement in the gospel. Look to Jesus to experience uh, God's delight through him, to join into the celebration in his unshakable kingdom that you would re- receive it only through looking to Jesus, uh, what he can bring you and not where you can bring yourself. Uh, those, those of you trying to keep going, um, but knowing how easy it is to be weary, to be worn out, to be tired of it, I'll look to Jesus. Lift up your eyes again to Jesus to consider him, all that he has done for you. You're, you're not alone. Um, you're not without hope. You're not without strength. You're not without a constant experience of God's love for what Christ has done. The struggle is worth it, making you like Christ, making you ready for his kingdom, building you up to the maturity that, that you want to be able to exhibit. Come to God. Come to God in joyous uh, worship and in thanks because he gives the victory in Christ. And we have confidence of sharing in it, uh, even for eternity. Um, that time in the semester when you're weary, um, I'm weary, uh, many other things in life that are they're wearing you down. Uh, look to Jesus so that you don't grow weary, so that you don't uh, give up so that you experience God's love and hold fast the hope how that he's promised to us. Let's pray. God, Lord our God, we praise you for the promises of your word um, and for we struggle to believe them. Um, 
Lord, when we don't get what we want, we don't feel like that's that's someone loving us very well. Um, and there's a lot of things that happen in our life that aren't according to our plan, that don't go how we want. Some of those things we've prayed diligently about. Um, uh, Lord, we thank you that you do treat us like sons, that there is more to it than just kind of our temporary feel-good to it, that you are uh, preparing us uh, for a weight of glory through eternity. Lord, we pray that you would make us uh, heavenly, eternally uh, minded as we live uh, through the struggles uh, now, that we would seek to, um, seek to encourage one another uh, in that reality, to reach out to other, others without hope, um, that you would glorify yourself and strengthen us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.